Welcome to the Geeks at the Gates. Uh, we are a little bit behind schedule this week because the audio for this edition was long and full of terrors. Um, basically, the lesson I've learned is that we are the worst for possible people to get around the table to talk about Star Wars because none of us will shut up about it. I have a horrible feeling the outtakes for this might be as long as a regular show. So, your Geeks at the Gates this week are the original four, reunited for the first time since the pilot. So it's me, Reggie Rigby, comic book retailer, wannabe writer, sometime critic, Mr Jack Sinclair, former comic book retailer, professional young person, I think I'm going to call him, he's certainly the baby of our little group, uh, and also podcaster, because since we started Geeks of the Gates, however many weeks ago that was now, uh, Jack has set himself up with his own podcast called the Knights of Infinite Resignation. It's pretty cool um, and available on iTunes. So have a look and probably a listen because it's a podcast. So yeah, the listening would be good. Uh, so me, Jack, Steve Dempster, um, King of Geeks, Geek Pub Quiz Master, moderately, uh, only moderately, sane scientist, uh, and Mr. Ian McDougall, comic book retailer, artist, um, and as you'll hear, massive Star Wars fan. So, that's enough of the jibber-jab from me. Quick word from our sponsor, who is still me, and I'm still sorry about it. Um, and then we will get into it. This edition of the Geeks at the Gates is brought to you by Destination Venus, the big little comic shop tucked away in Harrogate's Westminster Arcade. We stock all kinds of comics because we love all kinds of comics. Marvel Zombies, DC Divas, Image Imagineers, Small Press Stalwarts, Indie Individuals, and all points in between. We love superheroes, but there's more to life than spandex, and we do our best to have something for everybody. Basically, whatever comics you want, we've either got them, or we'll get them if they're out there to be got. Find us on the web, destinationvenus.co.uk. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash destinationvenuscomic, or on Twitter, at dvcomicshop. Destination Venus. Love comics. Sorry, I'm giving myself a small brain hemorrhage trying to suck this milkshake up through the straw. Yeah, McDonald's yeah. milkshakes have never actually changed. And kind of hernia injury. Yeah. You boys always need to muscle up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got this theory that if, if everyone in a McDonald's restaurant bought a milkshake and everybody tried to drink their milkshake at the same time, the windows would implode. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just to explain the milkshakes, um, it's well, milkshakes are nice. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, but it's also one of those that moments, if I'm honest, when a bunch of Marvel editors can't take a picture of themselves having a milkshake without a bunch of tits online being something needs doing about. it. To be it. honest, you can't do anything without a bunch of tits online being. I've just realised how much bleep. I've just realised how much bleeping I've got to do, but fuck it, the cops deserve it. Are we? Like, is this like? Yeah, we're recording. This is oh, recording. This is how... What are we talking about? Well, as as we mentioned in the Slack, we are here to talk about a, a small. More of an indie movie, really. It was certainly a low-budget 1970s movie. Uh, the director didn't have much of a track record. He'd, he'd only made one little film about high school kids before that. But then he fancied doing a bit of sci-fi, so he made a little film called Star Wars. Oh, that! Yeah, and I figured we'd talk about that, and apparently there were sequels. I have heard about that. I've heard tell of prequels as well, but, you know, let's not get carried away. How long have we got? 
<laughs> That's an entirely different podcast all of its own of just Ian shouting and swearing. Quite probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, I figured having having put Ian off completely last time by talking about Doctor Who, he'd better talk about something that he liked. Fair. And there's very little of that. Much <laughs> it, so. And I should just mention, we are. this is the first time in absolutely ages that the original four have been around the microphone. The... First time since the... In fact, it's the first, the first time. Yeah, it's the yeah. first time since the first time, isn't it? <laughs> so technically, this is the second time. How long ago was that? Forever. It was seven a years long, ago. It was a long time ago. It was seven years ago. No, it wasn't. You still owned the shop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to start with you, Ian, because, right. you know, you are... Well, this is all for you, basically. Um, <laughs> Good. But, I mean, I think it's fair to say we're all Star Wars fans sitting around this table. Huge Star Wars fans. Um, because yeah. we are normal human beings, uh, mm-hmm. and the two things fair. go together. You're the only one amongst us who owns a Stormtrooper helmet, Ian, so we're going to start with you because you're clearly the biggest Star Wars geek. Also the only one with the Star Wars t-shirt on, so... I'm also building a lightsaber. Really? Yes, I am, yeah. You're actually becoming a proper Jedi. Uh, no, I'm just becoming a proper geek. <laughs> so, <laughs> Okay, this is after you've spent the last six weeks taking Star Wars-themed bright orange Nerf guns and making them look badass. Yeah, because I've got nothing else to do with my life. <laughs> so is it going to be a custom lightsaber, or is it going to be... No, I'm making Luke's original one out of PVC pipe from B&Q. I got a Dremel for Father's Day, and I'm going to use it. So. <laughs> but, um, when you say Luke's original lightsaber, do you mean... Anakin's one. Anakin's yeah, original yeah, lightsaber. The, the first saber. The one that's still going around. In yeah, the, the that Ray's yeah. got now. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Ray's saber now is, I suppose. Sorry, ah. just being that pedantic geek. No, me. that's well, quite all right. The, the Skywalkers really are a poor family. I mean, they've just been passing that hand-me-down lightsaber. Yeah. Hand-me-down quite literally <laughs> as well, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, if I was Ray, I'd stay as far away from that thing as possible. It's clearly bad luck. She yeah. tried to. Yeah, she did. She did. Yeah. She's going to lose an arm, at least. Um, so, what, just any... You want me to talk about anything? Have you heard the theory of Ray? <laughs> Oh, go on. Uh, is, this, is this a shipping thing? It's pretty much a shipping thing, but it's, it's oh. backed up with... I'm aware um, of Blu-ray. I hadn't heard of Raylo. Right, okay. Raylo is obviously Kylo and Ray. Yeah. But it's backed up with an immense amount of research by people who clearly believe and care. I'm not going to belittle them because, hey... Everybody needs a hobby. I'm building a lightsaber, you know. I'm, I, I cannot question anyone else for any of their choices. <laughs> um, and basically, they, they, they've picked apart so much stuff I mean in, in certain frames that there, there, there are apparently love hearts made in the scenery and if you look at the the, the, the still shots of the, of the things yeah, there are I think a lot of it's absolute coincidence but the, the, the sort of the vehemence they've got that this, this is a thing isn't there a good chance that they're going to be related somehow and it's going to be possibly a more discussion because oh, that's never been a thing in well, Star Wars yeah. this, this is the thing isn't it it's, it's, is she a Skywalker? Is she not a Skywalker? And, and they're saying she's not a Skywalker and the, she's been hearing these messages from him, you know, and that, that's how he knows who she is, that girl, because he's been seeing her in his, his dreams as well. And But um, I'm just I'm just amazed that so many people have put so much time into this theory. And if you, if you, there's, a, there's a few threads on, on, on Tumblr. Which I'm so going to go and look at when oh, we finished it. I, what do you think I was doing on Wednesday? What? <laughs> you were serving customers. <laughs> in between that. And being fantastically yeah. helpful, like in, I paid you to be. In between that, I was, um, I was reading up on any Star Wars conspiracies <laughs> that could come. Rayla. Rayla, yeah. I am so looking at I'm not, I don't, I don't believe it. I don't think that Ray and, and, and Kylo are going to have a, a, a love interest relationship I don't either but I, think I, I, I hope not I think they're tied in some way but I don't think that's it's a it. further, obviously this is one of the things I like about Star Wars fandom the, the only fandom that gets anywhere close to it in terms of just 
pure obsessive drive is Doctor Who. And even Doctor Who doesn't really come that close. Um, you know, Star Wars fans really care. That's because it's important. And I think they're the oh, ones quite. that get the most upset as well when things don't go their way. Hence, yes. that's a prequel trilogy. Yeah, I'm sorry? I, I've got a theory about the prequels, which I, which you've all heard many times before, but I might go over later if we've got some time. Uh, but actually, where I thought we'd start because you're a little bit younger than me, Ian. Mm-hmm. So I was five when Star... I, I'm old enough that I don't call it A New Hope. I was five when Star Wars came out. I was two. So you don't remember seeing it in the theatre? I didn't see it in cinema. The first one I saw in the cinema was Emperor Strikes Back when I was four. My dad woke me up. Uh, he came home from work, woke me up and took me to cinema, which was incredibly exciting. And um, God, your dad was ace. Yeah. And I, I still remember it. I went to, a, to the cinema and I'd only been like, once or twice before because I was only four years old. Hmm. and this is when they had cartoons and movies before so there was a cartoon probably Bugs Bunny or something and then there was a, a thing about Elk a short movie a naturalist <laughs> movie about Elk I, I remember this vividly and then Empire Six Back which blew my mind and made me the man I am now but do you, were you aware of Star Wars before seeing it, was it no, no, just, no, so no, this no. Was your first Star Wars this is my first Star Wars experience and it's, you're beating me because I didn't see Empire Strikes Back in the theatre either I, the, my first Star Wars movie was was that I saw in a theatre was Jedi um, which also had a cartoon and a really weird sort of did you see Return of the Jedi? I did, but I don't actually remember that one so much because I would have been hopped up on Kiora. So. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, but no, I, I vividly remember the the, the supporting short, mm-hmm. which were, it was computer animated, which in 1983 was ropey as fuck. <laughs> I was going to say, the last Starfighter. <laughs> but it was, it, was, it, was, it was computer animated. I can't remember what it was called, but it was basically about how bad nuclear war would be. Um, Cheers. It, was, yeah. it was put together by a group of scientists who wanted progress, not destruction, which was the, like, the, last, the last closing caption. And it was completely silent, and it was like, like a, a face, and stuff happened around it. Right. And um, that, it, that definitely didn't happen at my screen. It's I kind of remember that. It's, it's it's kind of haunted me ever since, and I've never seen it since. Mm. I saw the original Star Wars on VHS because um, I was born after it came out. Um, I didn't see Empire Strikes Back at the cinema because I was only one years old, but I did see Return of the Jedi at the cinema, my very first cinema-going experience. And uh, I remember sitting on my dad's knee in a cinema, I think in Scarborough or Filey or somewhere on the on the East Coast, and just already knowing. Star Wars characters and vehicles, but not really paying that much attention to the story. And then I saw Empire Strikes Back in 1985 when they did a retrospective playing all three back to back. And the thing I remember most about that was the Odeon Cinema in Harrogate had a big glass display case full of Star Wars toys recreating all the best scenes on Tatooine and Hoth and Endor. And, and it was amazing because there was that. That's really cool. It was all the best Star Wars toys you could ever see behind seven inch thick glass so that nobody <laughs> could ever steal it or touch it. Um, yeah, that was my first time seeing it. But I, I, so I saw, yeah. I guess I saw it four, six, five. But I'd grown up on Star Wars. I mean, I I was lucky enough that all my cousins were older than me, so I got all their Star Wars. You got all the hand me down Star Wars. And I still have them. What about, what about Jack, sir? Yeah, you, you, you were about five when the prequels came out. <laughs> well, I mean, you could argue, technically, I've never seen the original Star Wars films. Because I've never seen the original cut, ever. That, that's a good point, yeah. Actually, yeah, because it... No, um, what time did this... What year was the special editions when they were released? They were 90, 90 years 90 later. 97. Yeah. 97. 97. So I was seven or eight when mm. I started to see Star Wars. Yeah, I saw, I saw um, A New Hope in yeah. the theatre for the first time with the special editions. Yeah, well, that was my first introduction. Production and then because my parents were to see that uh, with me and then they obviously took me to see uh, Empire and then my nan took me to see uh, Jedi. Um, so that was, yeah, that to me is Star Wars. I don't know what the original Star Wars is like. I've seen clips. 
it's better. <laughs> <laughs> you can, can you still buy the DVDs with the bonus? You can find them, the but they're very expensive. Really? Yeah, they, they're not in print anymore. So if, if if you find them in eBay or whatever, everyone knows that they're the ones that people want. Right. But you can um, go onto the internet and look for the silver screen edition, which has been put together by um, a guy who's found an old print, an old an original cinema reel. I think he found it in Spain, and he spent years just tidying it up frame by frame. So it's clean, you know, because it was filled. Yeah. But it's the original, original print. I've, I, I don't have it, but um, <laughs> well, no, because anyone, that would be that would be illegal. That would be illegal. <laughs> but if anyone would like it, I certainly couldn't help. Them. Right. <laughs> so is this like the despecialized edition as well, or is it slightly it, different? It's different from that because they've taken the the very modern prints and 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 removed things and 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 cleaned them up. Whereas this is the original 1977 print yeah. with nothing's ever been done to it. Because the bonus disc version of the original is taken, I think, from a, a laser, laser disc, disc. So yeah. it's still not... It still had a couple of tweaks, yeah. yeah. Like it's got A New Hope on it and stuff, which... I don't think it does. Does it not? No, no. Okay, so. right, right. But I it does... The, I know the sound's definitely different. There's, right. there's a few lines of dialogue that feel a little bit different from the version that I had on VHS taped off ITV, which was the, my definitive <clears> version. That could have been edited, though, if you yeah. think about it. So, um, But I think as well, like, Aunt Baru's voice is different. What, did she talk like this before? <laughs> <laughs> he said he had some things to do before he left. Eh? Yeah, I've got... If anyone's got the means to play it, and if it doesn't snap the instant someone looks at it, I do have the VHS, and officially actually bought VHS, of Star Wars, which is the one they released when they said, positively, this is the last time we're releasing this cut of the movie. Is that the one with like, the big Stormtrooper face on the cover? No. Is it the one before that where it's the original Star Wars poster on the cover? No. Oh, I've got both it's of those. Got a picture of, it's got a picture of Ben Kenobi on the cover, I oh, think. Oh, right. Um, I don't know, it's a long time since I've seen it, it's in a cupboard somewhere, because I haven't had a VHS player for about 10 years. Yeah. I, I've maintained my VHS just oh. so I can still watch the original Star Wars trilogy on video, <laughs> should I ever want to, which I actually haven't been able yeah. to do for quite a long time. And I have the VHS set of the of the special editions, which I bought when it came out, at great expense, and I couldn't really afford it, but it was Star Wars, so I had to. Is that the big golden box? It was gold that. for pan and scan, or full and screen, and, and silver, silver for widescreen. Wide yeah, oh, I've, yeah. I've, got, I've got the silver one, because... Why would you have pan and scan? Because you're a deviant, basically. <laughs> because that's the way it looked on ITV when I first watched Star Wars. That's true. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, saw, I first saw Star Wars on the telly. Yeah, likewise. Christmas Day, the first time it was broadcast, and because my dad was a massive curmudgeon and liked to make a point about stuff like this, can't remember what, I think the film started at 2 o'clock, and at about half past 11 on Christmas morning, my dad decided to rewire the living room. And he was like, oh, it'll be done. Yeah, it'll be done before that film you want to watch starts. I, was, I can't think of any worse way to spend Christmas Day. <laughs> my dad my dad was a, one of those guys who claims to not like Christmas. No, yeah, he was a complete he was a complete contrarian about stuff like that. But he never saw Star Wars in his life. I still remember, actually, because I had the original Star Wars on ITV. It must have been from Christmas Day, because I think most of the adverts were always like Rumbelow sales and... <laughs> Oh, like but I remember an I, early 1980s I remember Christmas. More of the adverts for things that were, that were on it, things like Hoffmeister beer and I loved that ad. Um, Follow the bear, yeah. yeah, and things like um, Richard Bryan's advertising the new Ford Sierra hatchback. <laughs> I remember the adverts so clearly because I used to watch. Literally, Star Wars was my babysitter as a kid. If my parents mm. wanted to keep me quiet for two hours. Close the curtains, put on Star Wars, and I would just shut up and watch the telly. Adverts and all. No, so I, that's that's my, my childhood is Star Wars. M- much the same, but I have I, I think I've got more of a vivid memory of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark on on cop a VHS tape off the, the TV. Yeah, and I know the exact points where. So even as I watch it now, I expect ad break. You know, if I'm watching it on Blu-ray, I'm expecting an ad break now. Now, <laughs> and it's it's so weird 
having watched it so many times, chopped to bits, mm. and then to finally be able to watch it and just not be able to disassociate there. So I, I get where you're coming yeah. from. Yeah, so I find it interesting because obviously for you guys, Star Wars is original films, mm. and you're aware the prequels happened. For me, that was really different because obviously they did the original special edition, and that was my first introduction. And then obviously shortly after that, Phantom Menace you, happened. You got yeah, and I was a child, so I didn't see it any differently to any of the others and I enjoyed those films well, as a child. I, I enjoyed Phantom Menace the first time I saw it. I'd been waiting for it since 1983. I was up for it. I went to the midnight screening. I went out at midnight to buy my ticket for the midnight screening. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it and it wasn't until talking about it with mates at work over the next few days I started, actually that pod race a bit long, wasn't it? Basically just for, the, just for the computer game really, wasn't it? But for me, the pod racing was great because all I remember is my childhood during the summer was uh, just getting a big tub of Lego and me and my sister and my mate would just make our own pods and like, out of the Lego. Yeah. We'd run around the garden and we'd try and knock each other over. So if they fell, they were destroyed just like in the film and we'd have to build a whole new one again. Like, to me, that was really fun and awesome. That was because of Star Wars. And it wasn't until, obviously, I became self-aware as a teenager <laughs> and watched it again and before, saw Jar Jar. Before the internet... <laughs> came along and went but it wasn't until like why. a few years gap of never watching it and then putting it back on with that nostalgia and then like oh Misa coming with you and it's mm. like oh, oh no this is dreadful yeah. yeah we can gloss over the prequels with a couple of quick sentences which is have we all seen the Plinkett reviews of the prequel trilogy it's on YouTube it's... I will have to I will have to ask is that the guy who pretends to be a serial killer yes yes I have they're yeah. fantastic Red, Red Letter Media yeah, yeah. Red I, Red I have not seen this oh they're about an hour and a half long each, but each um, they all explain why each prequel is completely wrong why George Lucas was completely wrong in making them why they were wrong in terms of character and story development and everything and you watch him just go he's absolutely right for every yeah. single it's, thing it's really strange because he's playing this character while he's doing the review he's playing this really odd guy who is a serial killer and it, you keep getting flashes of, of women in basements screaming and stuff and it's so strange but everything he says about Star Wars and why they're bad is spot the easiest way to sum it all up so we is... sort of forgive him for being a serial killer because well, he's right about Star Wars <laughs> he's not really one this I, is I very assume. disturbing yeah. <laughs> The easiest way to sum it up, and I'm, I'm taking this almost verbatim from the Red Letter Media Plinkett reviews, is try and describe a Star Wars character, and I'll, I'll ask you to describe a character, using any way to describe them, but you're not allowed to describe how they look or what their role is in the film. So, so their character, basically. Yeah, so what, what is about them that, that builds their character? So C-3PO, how would you describe C-3PO? He's a... Fussy. He's yeah. a fussy, slightly snobbish butler type. Sort of prissy and... Prissy and, and very concerned about what people think. Okay. Describe Han Solo. Bit of a renegade, a um, bit of a loudmouth, a um, bit of a rebel. That's, there's an irony. He's a, a, he's rogue, a rogue with yeah. a heart of gold. lovable rogue. Okay. Describe Padme. Yeah. No, I've got you. Describe Qui-Gon Jinn. Beard. Beige. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See what you, yeah, yeah, and that's that's the crux of the, the yeah. Phantom Menace. Yeah, so Luke Skywalker's a farm boy. Annie is... A slave, apparently. Annoying. Yeah, I, I could describe Anakin's character, but it'd mostly be whiny, irritant, you know. To but be fair, that's, a, to be. No, that's an archetype. Yeah, it's an archetype, but that, that's not what you, you expect Vader to be yeah. as a young man. He, yeah. he, was, he was supposed to be this dashing hero that, you know... And it, honestly, the best I, star pilot in the galaxy, I think you'll find him. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you the link so we can put them in the show notes. But Cool, yeah. And I'll remember to do it, unlike the last link you sent me for the, they are the show notes. They're definitely worth the watch. Yeah. They're funny and they are absolutely spot on. There's also another one as well, which is... Oh, I can't remember what it's called now. I think it might be 
belated media, um, which is a guy with a green screen behind him saying, what if the prequels were good? And he says, let's just take a few moments from episode one and just change a few bits. So instead of Naboo, it's Alderaan because the characters, or the audience already know what that is. So there's always there's already an investment in there. And then he changes a few bits and bobs and he says, instead of having Darth Maul as just the villain in this movie, he's actually going to be the main villain all the way Which through. Which they totally should have done. They should have done. Um, I mean, I, yeah. Darth Maul was such a waste of a character. Ray Park as Darth Maul was awesome. Well, he was the face on all of the products. Yeah, he looked cool. Everything. Yeah. He looked dangerous. He was he what, like a villain. He was what we were expecting mm. to be the new Darth Vader. And he totally could have done that. And then they brought in General Grievous in the third film. And everyone was saying, oh, could this be Darth Maul? No, it's not at all. But they should have made it. They should have well, I noticed that they, sort of, the last they sort of made Darth Maul General Grievous for Rebels. Yeah, and Clone Wars. Yeah, mm. they gave him mechanical legs and brought him back. And, and, and all that Did stuff. all that to him, yeah. But spoilers, Obi-Wan got him anyway, so... Yeah, in a very good episode of Rebels. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, whoever played um, Obi-Wan in that episode did a fantastic Alec Guinness impression to the point where I thought, have they got old Alec Guinness audio in there? <laughs> <laughs> they just dug him up. Nerd fact for you as well, mm-hmm. the original actor that was meant to play Darth Maul was Benicio Del Toro. Oh, really? Who, who is, is now going to be in... in episode eight, playing some kind of roguey, mm-hmm. rebellious Han Solo type character apparently called DJ or JD or something mm-hmm. like that but uh, I, I, yeah. for some reason him being Benicio Del Toro just makes me not trust him does that, does that make me racist I don't know <laughs> no I think you've seen no. enough movies that, 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 no, 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 that just yeah. mean you've seen you've seen that guy in lots of movies exactly. and yeah that's that's the guy he plays so he'll yeah. hopefully walk up to Chewie and go give me the keys <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that's prequels dealt with. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. You, yeah. you must apologise for liking them. I'm so sorry. That's right. And also, the one final thing for the prequels, Robot Chicken, just the way oh, they, the way yeah. they take the piss, um, especially uh, Dr. Ball, the medical droid that comes in when Padme's giving birth. She's lost the will to live! It's just brilliant. <laughs> I have to say that as, a, as a, a huge Star Wars fan, I watched the prequels and I desperately tried to find something to like in them mm. and I latched on to the, the, the bits where Darth Maul at the end, the Darth Maul battle's cool. Ewan McGregor I thought was pretty solid as, as Obi-Wan. So it was like, yeah, yeah Obi-Wan, he's alright, he's alright, you know. And, and Natalie Portman looks nice. But it was pretty... Rick Griffin from Casualties, isn't it? I mean, I imagine that, you know. Yeah. I didn't even know that. But... When I came back to them a few years later, I think maybe on DVD or for the Blu-ray, I was just like, these are just the worst. I've know? never been able to watch them on a format that you can skip through because I've just always skipped through to the bits that I want to see, which now having them on Blu-ray in the big box You've got set, about three minutes with a the movie there. Exactly, and I, I mainly watch them to go, ooh, this bit's good in surround sound. Yeah. No, I, I, I have watched it. them all, and I will never watch them again, I don't think. And it actually put me off. I mean, I, I stopped buying Star Wars stuff. I stopped. I mean, all my Star Wars stuff went up in the attic. You know, I, I forgot I had most of the things I owned because yeah. I, I was so embarrassed about liking, you know, Star Wars because of prequels. And then Force Awakens came out and I was so terrified that it was going to be just the same again, you know, or it was going to be dumbed down. And I know there's problems with it and I know that there's... You know, lots of people will say that it's it's just a straight up carbon copy of the the first trilogy, and it is, but it is, but it's not necessarily but a bad thing. Is mm. it's great fun, <laughs> and I think the great and thing the characters are the great thing with episode seven is that yes, it's fan service, but it's fan service done well. It's mm. respectful to fans. Mm. Um, but, which and, I think, and that that's my point is yeah. that as soon as that came out and I saw it, I, like, I, I love Star Wars again. I'm back in love with Star Wars. Yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, Force Awakens is for people our age. It's a love letter to the original Star Wars. Mm-hmm. 
it's remind, like you say, reminds us what made Star Wars good, why we loved it when yeah. we were kids. These are all the bits you love. And for people, I was going to say your age, Jack, but that's A, patronising and B, not quite true. You, you're stuck with the prequels as your Star Wars, I'm sorry. Yeah. But for, your, <laughs> but, for, but for, you know, for kids, it's giving them the same show, if you like, mm-hmm. that we got when we were kids. And I think I mention this every time I talk to you about Star Wars, Steve, but when we went to see Force Awakens, there was that little girl dressed as Rey about three rows ahead of us. Yeah, and this was only the day after it opened. And that was a that was a stunking good Ray costume and yeah. sh- that's a kid who's going to grow up loving Star Wars yeah you know that's why Force Awakens was what it was mm-hmm. if they try and remake Empire in the next one that would be a shame but I think to do that once was was fair you... what well, isn't the first line in Force Awakens that hopefully this will make things right it's, which was kind of that was a line to the fans to kind of go don't worry yeah yes everyone's worried about the prequels but don't worry you're in safe hands we're gonna we're gonna look yeah. after you. We know what went Here's wrong last time. One. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know what went wrong. We're not doing yeah. that again. Disney got doing. this, don't worry. Yeah. Uh, who'd have thought? No, I, I certainly didn't. I, I I was very much oh dear, here we go again. Yeah, I mean my my response when Disney bought Star Wars was that's terrible, but Lucas wasn't doing anything good with it either, so fair enough. And then we got what we've had since and wow. Mm, yeah. I, I, I yeah. I I honestly I would like to personally apologise to the House of Mouse. They, they've knocked it out of the park, I think. I mean, they've still got time, and Han Solo's still coming. Yeah, Han Solo is giving me the wobbles, I've got mm. to say, but I don't but, actually want that movie anyway. But no, Yeah, no, and they say it wasn't a movie I particularly wanted, but again, they've looked at it, they've gone, no, this isn't right. they fired the directors, they've brought in Ron Howard, Who's the safest pair of hands in history. He is, yeah. yeah. But he he's, has experience of working with Lucas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, yeah I'm, I'm not you know, saying... He's, so they brought in a guy who who has grown up with Star Wars, mm-hmm. who who was a you know wasn't involved in the original Star Wars, but he knew George Lucas then. Um, George Lucas was sort of giving him direction advice then, so he was around Star Wars when well, he was, was in American Graffiti. He was, yeah. He? yeah. So he's, he's um, grown up completely through the old Star so, Wars. Yeah. So George was giving him direction advice. What faster, more intense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, but he was around it, and so he's got that you know he, he knew Harrison Ford back then so he knows what Han Solo was so you know still not a movie I'm desperate to see but I guarantee though as soon as the first trailer comes out I'm going to be jumping up and down and going I can't wait for this yeah. Well, and um, midnight screening. Yes, please. <laughs> I was going to say, even I if I'm not, here. even if I'm not, yeah, I'll be there. Well, the thing is now I was actually having a conversation with somebody at work today about this. Geeks now have to go to midnight screenings just so that a we can be the first people to kind of go. I saw it first. I was there. But it's the only way to avoid spoilers. And that's yeah, yeah because after unfortunately after episode seven, people then just tend to spoil everything. Are we doing spoilers for episode seven? We're assuming everybody in the world has now seen episode um, seven. We we haven't said anything because of the way we started the recording, but. Uh, the, the spoiler horn will have sounded in the opening credits to this. I, I did already announce that Darth Maul is killed by Obi-Wan in yeah, Rebels. but, but you We know. don't care about prequels. No, it's not prequels. Oh, sorry, it's, it's Rebels, yeah. yeah. It's Rebels, yeah. that's canon, man. Yeah. I love the way you suggested the prequels aren't. <laughs> not mine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the fact that people going on Facebook pages and posts and groups that had nothing to do with Star Wars after Episode Seven came out and going, oh, Han Solo dies, Kylo Ren kills him. Yeah. Great, mm, thanks. thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I... I the internet has just become a place for dicks now, hasn't it? Well, yeah, because, I mean, we were saying when we talked about Sci-Fi Scarborough on the podcast that, you know, it was great to be in a place that's full of geeks because geeks are great and they're nice to each other. and stuff. <laughs> I was thinking about that with things that have happened around um, Doctor Who and Milkshake Gate and all that nonsense. Geeks are lovely people in person, but geeks on the internet 
Give him a keyboard. Oh, vile. Yeah. I'm just constantly surprised by people who who are supposedly in love with the, the worlds and the actions of Luke Skywalker, Captain America, Superman, who who are then like, you know, no, no, we, we don't want women doing it. We don't like it when there's coloured people involved. We don't the first like thing they do is find fault. Are, yeah. How dare you cast this person as yeah, this person? It's yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Have you not learned anything from the characters you supposedly love? That They're all about, you know, truth and justice and freedom and tolerance. love and tolerance. Yeah. And, yeah. Apparently not. Oh, no, apparently not, but I, I just I can't understand that. I think it was uh, Gail Simone who um, she got a load of grief for something. I, I can't remember because there's far too much of this online to remember all the details. But basically, one person who was trolling her had a Superman um, avatar on Facebook, and she was just like, I can't. Have you learned nothing? You, you claim this is your favourite character, that Superman is. But Superman is all about. Good truth. and truth and justice, just, yeah. you know, the yeah. America, and and here you are, belittling women, belittling foreigners, and uh, belittling people of different sexuality. Yeah, you know, I just yeah. don't get that. You know, why isn't his favorite character Doctor Doom or, or why doesn't he just? He's a dragon's back to Star Wars. Yes, yeah, back stay, to Star Wars. Stay on target. Yeah, thank stay you. on target. <laughs> that um, one didn't go in. It, in fact, <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just I'm just gonna I'm I'm gonna download the audio clip of that. And then just just drop it in yeah, occasionally. Something that interests me about Star Wars because it really did change everything about this kind of movie, and about movies in general. Movies, it, movies say, and yeah. pop culture in yeah. general. I didn't see when I was five Star Wars in the cinema. I wanted to, and I wasn't allowed because my parents are horrible, horrible people. <laughs> Sorry, that's not true. I still knew Star Wars because even though I wasn't allowed science fiction style toys, I had an R2-D2 and I had a C-3PO and I got Chewbacca for Christmas um, and I've still got them. Yes, original 1977 Star Wars figures. My mum threw all mine out. Oh. Uh, I was talking to somebody in the shop earlier about Boba Fett because he was saying he doesn't understand why everyone likes Boba Fett so much because... He doesn't do anything in any of the movies. No, but he looks cool. Which is true. <laughs> but, no, I mean, no, he doesn't. And honestly, I reckon if those movies came out now, I don't think Boba Fett's the guy that would stand out to us at all. Yes, he's got, he's got, a, cool, he's got a cool helmet, but you know, he doesn't actually do anything and he dies in a really stupid way and he's only on screen for about 12 minutes. He's essentially an errand boy. That's I, all he is. I don't um, know, man. But... When I was a kid, and I was... When did Empire come out? 1980. 1980. So I was nine when Empire came out. Boba Fett was by far the coolest toy. I hadn't didn't see Empire in the cinema either, so I had no idea who this character was. But my mate had the Boba Fett action figure, and it was the coolest action figure in the whole thing. And so Boba Fett, to me, was the epitome of cool. Honestly, that's all I knew about him. And on, I think that's why Boba Fett is held in such high regard now. He was the best toy. He's still the best toy. And he had the coolest ship that wasn't the Millennium Falcon. He was a new villain, because we'd already seen Darth Vader. We'd yeah. already seen Stormtroopers. Stormtroopers. So they were nothing new, even in different, even if they had Hoth gear on, they were still Stormtroopers, you know. He gave Vader lip. He, he talked back yeah. to him, you know. Which no good to me, dead. Not many people do. Yep. Well, yeah, he gave Vader lip and lived. Yeah. And he captured Han Solo. And he was mysterious. You didn't know what was You didn't know. You didn't know. Was he a human? Was he an alien? Was he yeah. a robot? What, you know. No, it turns out he's a clone. He looked cool as hell. Yeah, yeah, no, no, he doesn't. He's not. A clone. No, <laughs> well, no, no I, I have a theory about. I have a theory about that. And You've I have met a Jeremy Bullock. He exactly, he's not yeah. not a clone. He yeah. looks nothing like. Uh, I have a, Tim I have Morrison, a theory so. about about Boba Fett being a clone and everything else that's wrong in the prequels, and that's because I'm not one of these people who says the, the prequels are dead to me. The prequels don't exist. They clearly do. They're clearly movies 
about characters in the Star Wars universe. But what they are is movies that were made in the Star Wars universe as crap biopics made by people who didn't know the stories of the characters that shaped the galaxy. So they knew that Boba Fett was involved, they knew Obi-Wan was involved, they knew that Tatooine was involved in some way, but they didn't understand Jedi or where they got the powers from, so they thought it must be some kind of midichlorians or right, something. So, so like, Obi-Wan, a time-life special! Like <laughs> yeah, and, and so, you know, they got some actors to play the characters. I mean, the Han Solo film's going to be very much like this. They've got someone... They've got an actor to play Han Solo because the real Han Solo is not available. Do you think they retconned it? It's well, no. It's like you know, like you can, you can. If if you watch movies for men on a Sunday afternoon, I'm. That you will like get a dodgy channel. Rich. <laughs> I thought. For, I thought for years movies for men was a dodgy channel. What it actually is, what it actually is, is a, is a movie channel that's, that that shows mostly <laughs> TV movies. That's where I saw Sharknado. But and, if and you, you watch, went back? if you watch, if you watch movies for men on a Sunday afternoon. You will get biopics of people like Douglas Bader, Reach for the Sky, you know, black yeah. and white thing. That's what the prequels are. They're biopics made by people who had some information about what happened, but who made most of it up. Which makes sense because every film starts with a long time ago in a galaxy far, so, far away. So you know? we don't have to take them seriously, and they're not actually what happened. Notice trivia point number two. The original George Lucas script was going to start with a baby Wookiee who couldn't get to sleep, and his mum came along picked a book down off the shelf, opened it up, and it said, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that's where you saw... It then went into that opening scene of the Star Destroyer coming overhead. To be fair, that worked in A Princess Bride. Because Can you imagine watching this? I'm here to see Star Wars, and I'm watching a forest of magic trees. And what the, what the hell is that hairy baby doing? <laughs> <laughs> that can sounds I, very holiday special to me. It is. I, uh, yeah. Apart, I have... How... Have the rest of you seen the Star Wars Holiday Special? Yeah. No. Yes. I'm, I'm keeping myself clean. That's probably wise. Yeah. It is It is the worst thing that I've ever seen. I've seen and I've seen it. Sharknado. It's one of those things that everybody hates it, and everybody is right to hate it, but if you want to be that diehard Star Wars fan, it that's, is Boba Fett's first appearance. That's why I watched it. Yeah. First Boba Fett, and also so that I could say that I had. And also because I didn't believe that it was as bad as everybody says it was. And it was right, it's worse. I don't think Ewoks. I have that on DVD. I've never watched it. What the? What the Caravan of Courage? Caravan the, of Courage. Yeah, yeah. And I saw that in the cinema. Oh, okay, I didn't know it was. Like, it was two. Cinema. It got a yeah. cinema release. Have you got it on DVD? I've got it on DVD. I've You've never. Got, you ever actually, you should it. hopefully have both of them on DVD. It might be a double-sided disc. Probably is. Did you win that from me at the quiz? No, my parents bought it for me. All oh, right, because I, I I used to have it, and I and I thought your it. parents were quite nice people, Jack. Oh. And it's now worth a fortune. You can't get it at all. Now oh, it's really? Discontinued. Yeah, and it's it, they are they are utterly terrible films. Wicket can talk. You mean can talk, but not in Ewok? No, he he yeah, he speaks English. He communicates with humans. Well, suppose he might have learned that. No, because it's set it's set before it. Oh God! Unless they did that kind of Hunt for October thing where they I don't remember that zooms in on them speaking. Ewok and then it comes back out and they're just you, you then realise oh they're just talking in the same language still but they've just changed it to, I've only, to my audience ears I've like, only seen it once and um, I can't have been any more than 12 but I don't remember have I just blocked that out <laughs> and I think in the first film he's learning English and then in the second film he does speak I haven't seen the, the second one so that might be why I don't remember yeah. it you're looking at me as if I'm making all this up no, it's, I, it's oh no no, no mate we've seen the prequels we know what Lucas <laughs> is capable of I have seen them I have totally blanked them from my mind Except for that weird blonde girl with a tiny girl with a 
crazy blonde hair. Sindel. Right, I don't know her name, but that's so, that's the, the only things I can remember is Wicket's in it, and there's this weird blonde girl. And she has a brother called Mace, because George Lucas just loves using the name Mace was in it, everything. Was this actually written by George Lucas? Oh yes. I didn't. I assumed it was like just someone else's thing. Nope. George Lucas wanted to extend the Star Wars movies as much as he could, and thought I've still got all these Ewok outfits left over from Return of the Jedi. I'll use those, and we can film them in my backyard, pretty much, and that's. Kind of how he did it. So so basically what he did was, he looked around his prop room and says, Tons of Stormtrooper gear. Nah. Do the proper George Eat. Lucas voice. I can't do the George <laughs> Lucas voice. <laughs> I've got all these things. <laughs> George Lucas basically sounds like Kermit the Frog. Yeah. <laughs> which, is, which is interesting, because Bill Gates also sounds like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> and that sounded like Chewbacca trying to sound like Kermit the Frog. <laughs> right. And on that note, stay on target. It's good milkshakes. <laughs> yeah, so... Toys, because there were no action figures for movies before Star Wars. To the point that not to the point that that's how George Lucas got Star Wars made, and why George Lucas is now rich, mm. because he said, "Don't pay me, I'll just take the merchandising rights." And the studio went, oh, "Well, nobody ever makes any money out of that." Yes, of course, we'll give this naive fool the merchandising rights. And then George Lucas made billions? hundreds of billions of pounds out of selling four-inch high plastic figures. And everything else. Mm -hmm. And and so much, I mean, so much comes from that. I mean, the, the, you know, that, that size action figure was the standard. I mean, they're bigger now. But that, that four-inch action figure was no, the standard for... They still do the 3.75-inch action figure and they do a six-inch scale now. That oh, was, sorry, the, the Black Series. Yeah, but they do Black yeah. Series in and, one size. Oh, and right. every, every summer blockbuster since has tried yeah, to do... Yeah, failed. I mean, there were, you know, there, there were Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves action figures, for God's sake. Which, case in point, uh, a link, in fact, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, one of the action figures, uh, is it Friar... No, Little John. It started as an Ewok. No, it started thing. as Gamorrean Guard. It's yeah. the same. Fry Tuck. Fry Tuck. The same mold with, with a yeah. different face on it. But and, there was a. There and was also a, the Ewok Village is the same is, is Robin the, Hood. Robin yeah, Hood I was going to say there was a Robin Hood playset that was basically yeah. the Ewok Village. Yeah. Um, Not even repainted. It's just the same thing. Mm. You know, and we've got tons of these lying about. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, in many ways, I mean, as I mentioned earlier that you know the toys were for. People our age, they were they were our only link to the film, the toys and the comics. First. Well, that's the thing because you couldn't watch the movie again and again and no, again, no. so you and, had uh, to make up your own stories. And, and there, so weren't, a lot, there weren't a lot of books. There was a comic once a month. Yeah, kind of it. You know. I think I still have somewhere on audio cassette is the original Star Wars stories with the books that R two D two bleeps to tell you when to turn the page. <laughs> I still My have mate those had those. Yeah. My mate had those. God, they were brilliant. And uh, there's also the other thing they did, which I didn't have until very recently but I've downloaded them from Audible um, which is a I'm, I'm pitching for a sponsor here guys Audible <laughs> is a great source of audiobooks oh they'll sponsor a, any podcast for a very small <laughs> for a very small monthly fee you can download all manner of stuff and one of the things you can download um, are the original radio plays that were made by National Public Radio in America the year well the first one was made the year Star Wars came out and you can kind of tell who had a career and who didn't after Star Wars, because Mark Hamill is still playing Luke Skywalker, but Princess Leia, Han Solo, and Ben Kenobi are all played by other people. <laughs> it's, it's, I've heard them recently as well, and they are really, really They are good. really good. They've got stuff in that didn't make the final cut of right. the movie. Darth Vader is a much darker character in it as well. He's a lot more sadistic in terms of... You get to hear the interrogation of Princess Leia 
Um, mm. And it's really quite disturbing when you're just listening to this in your headphones and you get for to, about 20 minutes it's quite disturbing. you get to you get to hear the the uh, luke meet his friends at toshi station mm-hmm. and tell them all about the space battle he's seen from the ground and they all laugh at him and he goes no look honestly look up there you can tell oh no it's gone but also one of the things that really made me laugh you can tell that they clearly started recording it before the film came out because Obi-Wan Kenobi's accent changes between episode one and episode two. Yeah, he goes from American to English. He goes, he goes from like a real southern gentleman who's, uh, your father was a Jedi Knight and uh, the best star pilot in the galaxy to, um, you can't win, Darth. <laughs> Seamless. And, uh, Seamless. I'm and and like, you know, first of all, this was made in a time when nobody was releasing audio recordings for people to listen to back to it. So it was broadcast on NPR and nobody thought they would ever hear it again. So they didn't care that the accent changed. And also that, yeah, he clearly had never seen the film until somebody went, actually, he's British. Nerd trivia point number three. It's actually really good to listen to. The Empire Strikes Back one is my favourite one because John Lithgow plays Yoda. John Lithgow? Yeah. Yes. And he does an amazing impression of Frank Hawes doing Yoda. It's really, really well done. I'll find them and I'll I'll send you all. I I cannot recommend them highly enough. Yeah. Jumping back to toys for a minute. If you don't mind. Uh, no, no, please. Because that's kind of where we were going. Yes, yeah, stay so on I target. Well, I was going to ask you, because for us, it was all, I mean, well, I presume you as well, because you're not much younger than me, really. No. And so those toys evoke such, such memories for me. You know, if I see a, an, an old Kenner ship or some of the, oh, some of the, the figures, the Hoth figures just make me, ah, yeah, me too. everything. Me too. I still want an X-Wing fighter. I did buy a lot of, Phantom Menace and sort of um, Attack of the Clones figures because I was an idiot. But you obviously were the right age to be buying them rather than me, you know, a grown, yeah. grown man. Um, how do you feel? Do, do those toys have any sort of... As you were describing like your favourite toys and how much they meant to him, I was trying to think, what was mine? And I've suddenly come to the realisation I don't think I had any Star Wars toys. No. I think the Star Wars toys now are still made for your generation. I think I was about to I say think you may that, have yeah. a point. Quite, They're not toys. Yeah, quite a lot of them. My are. entire Star Wars childhood, <clears throat> apart from like building my own pod races out of Lego, is computer games. Yeah. That, mm. I, I can tell you a stack of computer games I've played mm. of Star Wars. Like That was it for me. That was how I did my expanded universe. Mm-hmm. And I guess in a way that's kind of how it is now. I don't think... I think they make some action uh, figures for kids. But the fact that they have the Black Series, which is aimed at us going... Oh, you you want to collect Star Wars figures? Yeah. You don't want to play with them. You want to collect them. You need to make sure you're buying the the black series in the nice box with this. Yeah, yeah, and the, the, you know there were seventy two points of articulation. And but I know Kenner. I've I've tried to not Kenner. It's not Kenner anymore, is it? It's uh, Hasbro. Hasbro. Yeah, it's stuck in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, it's Palitoy to me, man. Yeah, it's Palitoy to me as well, actually. But um, Hasbro and with the Rogue One series, they tried to add in sort of nerf firing stuff in the ships mm. to make them more toy like. Yeah, and lots of the collectors were like. Well, we don't want that. Yeah, they're toys. They're in. They're, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got the the tie striker, and it's got it's got an nerf gun built into it, so you can fire bullets. It's the greatest thing ever. I was gonna say, <laughs> I, it's brilliant. I'm forty five, and I think that's just the best thing ever. I I I, I want my spaceships to be able to fire things. Mm. It's n- it's not a proper Star Wars toy unless you've lost all the darts that came, that came with it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Well, the, really, the original Falcon had batteries and it had the sound. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they, they had that weird motor that just made it go. Yeah, yeah. and um, the, the Atat had the glass rods. That yeah, would, that everyone I lost. Yep. So wanted a Millennium Falcon. I wanted an Atat as well, but I most of all wanted the Millennium Falcon. Uh, one of these, one of these cons, one of these days, 
I'm going to blow an entire day's takings yes, on a Millennium Falcon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you it's, are. It, 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 it's it's going to have to be one where my wife isn't with me, obviously, um, because she doesn't understand. Wasn't the 97 re-release of the Falcon the same one, though, just with a few little minor changes? A lot of the 97 toy, the, the vehicles were, were modified, the original one. Because the yeah. figures were too fat to fit in any of them. Yeah. Hence, yeah. <laughs> Luke. <laughs> did, you, did you remember those figures that came out from the 97 Special Edition? Where no, Luke is suddenly he's skipped just, leg day, but he is ripped to the tip. I've still got okay. my I've still got my ninety seven Luke, uh, my ninety seven, my seventy seven Luke. Yeah, and I remember looking at the ninety seven version. I think, what have they done to him? Le- Leia's just like <laughs> shot putter. They obviously thought, <laughs> what's the most popular action figure currently going? Batman. What's the current movie trend? Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Stick those two together, but with Star Wars. That's what these figures should be. Which is fine, except except even the stormtroopers have abs. (laughs) But people had had seen Star Wars, and they knew that Mark Hamill in 1977 was a lanky streak and nothing. Mm -hmm. I remember going to a friend's birthday party before I had seen Empire Strikes Back, and he had a load of his old dad's uh, like Star Wars toys, and I remember seeing a tauntaun. Oh god, that makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh, for God's sake, Jack! <laughs> but uh, he had a, a tauntaun, and I this was my. I, I thought it looked really cool. I really liked it as a toy. Like I, we were, we all had like picked a toy and played with it, and that was like the one that I picked. And I discovered like he had a little rubber tummy, and there was a man inside, and I didn't understand the context of it. And I, for me, was thinking, oh, it's it's baby. A little man baby comes out this beast, and it wasn't until I saw the film. I was like, "Oh, it's the other way round. It goes in, <laughs> right?" It's like a chestburster sequence. Yeah. <laughs> so I was when I watched the films, it was just like, "Oh, there's these tontons." So I, out of that just makes sense. Oh, like, wait, the yeah. yeah, out of out of context, actually, that tonton toy is yeah. It's a confusing toy. It was. It's actually just a little bit disturbing, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Just just yeah, out of context, it's. Yeah. yeah. If it's not got the saddle on it as well, it's just got a, it's got a, a trap door in its yeah. back <laughs> and then openable guts. It's very strange. I didn't know what the trap door was for. I had no idea. I thought that was, well, I put the person in. And then he comes out the other side. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I thought, that I, to think, I think I thought they were like some sort of biomechanical thing because like the legs fit in perfectly on the trap door and I thought that's how they rode around on them. That was just how I, you know, that, constructed that, the toy. Do you know what? There's logic there, if baby. David Jack, Lynch there's logic. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and nerd fact number whatever. David Lynch was originally asked to direct Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And turned that, would have been a, that would have been a very different film. A very different <laughs> film. Very strange film, I think. But uh, I think that toy would have been accurate then. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, um, what now? I was thinking episode eight, or should we talk about Rogue One? I think we should. Well, we talked about Rogue One on our We did do Rogue yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I also kind of wanted to like, ask and judge people's opinions on Porgs. On what? Porgs. Oh, this is episode eight. The the new cute little penguin. Yeah. Have you not seen Pogs? Oh, is that what they're called? Yeah. Right. Okay. No, weird yeah, right. Puffin um, penguins. Yeah, they're, they're, they're right. You're not worried about them at all. <sighs> they're not Ewoks. It'll be fine. They're. Do they maybe like super intense? We've had hoojibs and things like that in the Star Wars in the past. And also, so... they're 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 doing them with puppets, by the looks of it. That gives me some. Uh, the... Practic- yeah, practical effects. Practical effects. I'm, so I'm always a bit. I'm assuming there'll be some kind of blend of. You'll have some that are yeah little, and there's going to be one little adorable one that keeps bumping into things that everyone's going to go oh look at that one isn't he cute and then Kylo's going to gut him <laughs> I am super and happy. then crawl inside <laughs> <laughs> porg toy <Yeah. laughs> removable Kylo 
I am happy to hear that they are doing more practical effects, particularly on um, Snoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I, looks I didn't. Stunning. I didn't know that they were called Porgs. Yeah, and, and and it does strike me as a weird. I mean, I know Star Wars is the home of weird names, but also, I'm still not comfortable with Snoke. To be honest, it just sounds ridiculous. It sounds but, a bit too mm, puppety, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. But, yeah. But also, I'm. I don't know if I'm thinking of something else. But weren't Porgs like a '90s collectible like disc? Didn't that, was that was Pogs. Pogs. That and became right. Tazos. That which it, yeah. Star Wars did a whole thing with Walkers. Have you got all of those as I've well? I've got two sets. There we go. <laughs> I need help. No, you don't. No, no, no. no it sounds like you're doing pretty well on your own. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're skipping over Rogue One. And we're just all going to agree that it's ace and fantastic. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll hear no dissent. No, I think, I think nothing need be said about Rogue One apart from how good was that. that my, yeah. my problem with Rogue One is the more times I watch it, the more faults I find in it. But that's always going to be true. Exactly, yeah. But I loved it when I first saw it. Um, I think I still prefer Episode 7 over Rogue One in terms of characterisation. I, I can go with that. But then again, I love K2. I love Chiritimwe. And mm. I want more of them. So, yeah, I, I, I do like it. I love, I love watching it. I just find it. Has, have any of you read the prequel novel to Rogue One, Catalyst? As a Star Wars fan, I can safely say I have never read any Star Wars novel of anything. I've read a few. I've only, I've only well, been which is Wars which is fine actually because Star Wars is one of the one of the franchises where you don't need to. Um, if if all you do is watch the films, yeah. all the information you need is there. Um, Catalyst I bring up just because I found it interesting um, as a thing because it's it's the the early life of Jen Erso as a child and the career of Galen. Urso and Krennic, and how you know how Krennic finds Urso and realizes that what Urso is working on, which he intends for perfectly sensible, peaceful purposes, uh, could equally be a super weapon. And it's 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 all about Krennic's sort so of man- maneuvering, building a planet-sized space station that can fire a laser. Can be used. No, 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 because what, because what. What? Super fast broadband kind of yeah. What <laughs> what what Urso was was fascinated on was harnessing the power of kyber crystals for power generation and storage. Very arc like Tony Stark tech. Yes. Yeah. And and he was trying to synthesize kyber crystals because obviously you couldn't get real ones because the Jedi had them all. And there's a, a really chilling bit towards the end of the novel, which is set just after Order sixty six. He gets a box from Krennic full of finger-sized kyber crystals to work with because like well you needed some kyber crystals we've got you some real ones all finger-sized so they've all come from lightsabers and that's not said in the book it's just like you just left as a reader to, for it to dawn on you yeah that oh oh okay uh, but no I, I just i um i found it because it's the first star Wars, i've not read many star wars novels um i've read the novelizations of star wars empire and jedi because when we were kids that's how you that's how you that's how you relived it again but I hadn't read any others until I read well I listened to Catalyst because I downloaded it from Audible (laughs) it it struck me as completely unnecessary you didn't need it but it was kind of interesting to just join those dots and you know you you see you see them when they run and escape from Krennic the first time to go to where they are when at the start of Rogue One Mm -hmm. and then you know they they have a clandestine meeting with with Saw Gerrera at the the, the spaceport kind of thing and it was just interesting to see all those those threads come together right yeah and I, I don't know how everybody has experienced the non-film aspect of the Star Wars stories. Um, I know, I've, I've never watched Rebels or Clone Wars or anything like that. So. Oh, you should. Cl- uh, Clone Wars is okay. Rebels is great. Rebels is really great. Rebels and especially great. as a Firefly fan, you will love the aspects of Firefly that exist in Rebels. Because it's a bunch of 
miscreants on a spaceship. But it's it's more so than that as well. There's there's so many little nods to Firefly that's in it. Even even the layout of the ship and things like that is just mm. yeah yeah really nice little bits. And then they bring in obviously some of the cast from Firefly to do voices. It's great. Yeah, I love Rebels. I'm so excited that um, what season four, which is coming out later this year. Is going to be the last season because at least it's going to have an end to it's it. It's going to have a, a complete. And I love the fact that people are speculating that Ezra from Rebels is could Snoke. be Snoke yeah. because he's round about the correct age. Mm-hmm. I think he's maybe about and they 10 have, years older than Luke, I think. They did bring, I mean, the ghost you see briefly in Rogue One. In Rogue, Rogue One, yeah. yeah you see and Chopper as well. And Chopper as well. And Chopper yeah, as, as, as well to General Syndulla, who's yeah. the captain mm. uh, in, in Rebels' time. So, yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. Uh, speaking of, um, of the books again, and mm-hmm. you were saying that you can you can read the, you don't need to read them because everything's in the movie. Going back to what I was saying earlier on about the uh, the Raylo thing, they've taken a lot of that stuff from the novelization of Force Awakens. There's lots of um, little passages that aren't and obviously can't be in the in the film, um, and there's lots of references to Ray waking up, having been having dreams about a figure, a dark figure speaking to her, calling her sweetheart, calling her darling, and similar things going on with, with Kylo, which is where I think they've, they've latched mm. on, on yeah. with it, you know, and then and that, that ties in with the, I like ass- I said, who's that girl, you know, I, I, you know that kind of thing. I, so, I assumed that that was a parent figure rather than... Quite possibly, but, yeah. Quite, but, but yeah, no, I can see it. I'm, 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 like I said, I don't yeah. buy into it, but I, it's interesting that, that some of the books have this extra layer of detail yeah. that can really be grabbed, you know, and, and, and latched onto by... And usually they get kind of that from first drafts and things as well, yeah, don't yeah. they? So mm. it's, it's obviously maybe something that the filmmakers were intending. Were, were, were playing with and the then has been story. cut yeah. out in the editing room yeah. or, or, or later in the, in the I process. Think the books as well also managed to do the impossible and make Jar Jar Binks almost interesting. Let's forget Karen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know, have you heard about what the basically the ending of Jar Jar is meant to be? Um, essentially, one of the like the times to leading up to Force Awakens is it covers like Jar Jar Binks becomes a street clown who just performs for kids, but he's super depressed because he's essentially like the, the clown Pagliacci because he thinks about the fact that he was a puppet because it was his mm. um, yeah vote. what he did, his, vote. his yeah. vote that caused all this to happen, and now he spends the rest of his life just living this kind of like hermit street life, good entertaining children. Just to try and make up for like the, what he caused, and that to me is like you added so much depth to this a character with none. Like to me, that was yeah. a good. The only way instead that's of doing a, what we all wanted, which was just kill Jar Jar off, they did that's, something better. That's not a bad save, actually. Mm. Um, there's also, of course, the fan theory that he's actually a Sith Lord. I've heard that. Um, I, no traction no. to it. I don't buy it now. <laughs> no, no, he's an idiot. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not buying it, and you couldn't give it away for free. Has anyone read the um, the zombie books? Star Wars zombie books. There are Star Wars what? zombie books? Yeah. Uh, there's a group of stormtroopers. There's, uh, I've only read the first one and I think there's two others. Uh, I think it's like Death Trooper or something like that. And it's basically, you follow a few characters and uh, like, so there's like, they're in this uh, Imperial prison ship uh, and they happen to get like a distress call from a Imperial Star Destroyer which has just gone dead and gone missing. And so the, the ship decides to just check it out. And yeah, if you stormtroopers go on, and they come back and like something's kicked off and obviously this disease spreads through this prison ship until eventually the prisoners have to try and escape. They do happen to come across Han Solo and Chewbacca who are also on this prison. And yeah, and it's just zombies in space, but with Star Wars and it's fantastic and it's so dark. Like it's darker than I imagined it would be because you follow these two young like smuggler boys um, who come across all the other characters and stuff. And 
there's just one scene which involves a baby Wookiee being eaten alive by its parents. And it was just like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Yeah. It's, but they're so <laughs> okay. good. It's, I didn't know that they existed. Good, no, I haven't heard of them. Good is a word either. you could use, Jack. I'm not sure it's the one I would have selected. I'm a huge zombie. I love zombies. So to me, this was just like a perfect merging. <laughs> and the fact that they didn't, they didn't like sugarcoat it, it's proper zombies. You mean they ate a baby Wookiee and they hadn't sugarcoated it first? <laughs> no, I know. You'd think. But Wookiees are horrible without a frosting. <laughs> uh, so, okay, well, okay. I, we'll I, find, I guess we'll them. find the title and stick it in the show notes for this as well. I, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I can, I can imagine we're all going to go away and find this. Yeah. Because th- there's actually quite a lot of sort of fan fiction and stuff like that. with Star, it, it, Star Wars seems to generate a lot of that. Mm. Um, I remember reading, and this is years ago, and I don't know where I read it, it can't. I don't think it can possibly be on the internet because it was too long ago. But it was a great little story where Han and Chewie crash the Millennium Falcon into a planet and they survive. And Han eventually dies of old age <laughs> because they're stu- they're just stranded. They can't get away. Uh, and they're in this sort of big forest thing. Do they get lonely? And, <laughs> <laughs> and Chewie, Chewie, obviously, Wookiees are much longer lived than humans. So Chewie survives and sort of forages for food and stuff and just keeps itself going. Um, he eats hand, doesn't he? And then eventually is is found by a group of humans because they've crash-landed on Earth. And Chewie is the, the, origin, the origin of the legend of Bigfoot. I've seen a comic, a comic book adaptation of that. And that, the person who's investigating is Indiana Jones. Yes, I've seen that as well. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember that aspect of it, but yeah, it sounds like the same... Yeah. Same idea. Yeah, Chewie is Bigfoot. And, and what I particularly liked about that, nerd facts, whatever number we're on now, um, when they were filming Jedi in the Redwood Forest in Northern California, um, Peter Mayhew, when he was in costume, <laughs> was shadowed by two armed guards in bright orange vests so that hunters wouldn't think he was Bigfoot and shoot him. Um, and so I which which I imagine was the inspiration for that story but I just like that as a as a as a thing a thing that actually happened okay we're coming up to the hour mark and I have managed to give myself the last word so I guess we'll leave it there. Um, we'll see you next week. Sorry that this was later than it should have been. We're a day late, uh, entirely down to the nightmare of editing that this thing was. Seriously, wait till you hear the outtakes next week, uh, assuming any of them survive. No outtakes after the theme music this week, because I can't. But if you like or dislike anything that we said about Star Wars in this episode... Um, or if you have strong feelings either way about what flavour milkshake is good, just drop us a line. Uh, you can contact us old school via email. I love that email's old school now. Uh, we are mail4geeks at gates at gmail.com. That's mail4, M-A-I-L, the numeral four, geeks at gates, that's the word at, A-T, and then at gmail.com and obviously the at gmail.com is the little swirly at sign um that sounds so confusing when you say it out loud honestly it's in the show notes uh you can also find us on facebook uh just search facebook for geeks at the gates and you will find us there um you could tweet us but i've forgotten our twitter handle and i've also forgotten the password to get onto our facebook uh, our facebook page our twitter page so you know leave that for a bit maybe and We will see you all next time we meet, here in a hot, 
sweltery comic shop in the heart of Harrogate. We'll see you at the gate, guys. Thank you for listening to the Geeks at the Gates. Geeks at the Gates is a production of Venus Rising Media featuring music by Stephen G. Saunders and is proudly made in Yorkshire.